0: you got us into this mess, Mal. So go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta start it. I'm letting you hit it, baby. It's all you. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Mallory, um, self-proclaimed Percy Jackson expert. And
0: I'm Julie, uh, Percy Jackson virgin.
1: We're here talking through Julie's first read-through of my favorite book series um, and determining if our friendship will survive. Because if you don't like these, it's over for us. We're done
0: it's It's putting a lot of pressure on me, I gotta say. I'm a bit
1: worried. Don't be because i I feel like you're gonna like it. You just you know, they're fine. okay, so what do you already know going into this? Because like we lived together for a hot second. I'm sure you've picked some things up for me. what do you what do you what do you know
0: uh is is this it's mythology, right? Greek, I don't know. Is it Greek? Yes, or Roman? Okay, okay, it's Greek. Got it, got it. Um, I know you're obsessed with it, and that it kind of takes place in New York City because there are certain areas where you're like, this happened in Percy Jackson, and this this happened here at Percy Jackson, and so that's kind of what I know. That's where we're at. All
1: right, fantastic. What do you already know about Greek mythology going into this? Because um, everything that I know, I learned from these books, so... I'm going to
0: be honest, it's not much. I never really paid attention to the mythology sections in our English classes, so it's I'm kind of really going I'm really raw dogging this. Like I don't know. I mean, I know like Zeus all powerful. That's it. I know a little bit from Hades town. And then the rest is just kind of we're going to we're going to see how this goes.
1: Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. Um so kind of my my reasons for starting this podcast are twofold there are two sides to this um number one this is actually just a a very complicated ruse to get you to share your thoughts with me um I had another friend start reading the books recently who I was like oh my gosh you're starting like my favorite books um please like send me all your thoughts and then I checked in like two weeks later I was like hey did you start reading she's like oh yeah I read like half of the first book and like and I was like like the ultimate betrayal. Like no one has ever been betrayed harder than I was in that moment. I was like, how could you not how could you not tell me? How could you not tell me that you had started these vlogs? So this is this is I just need you to share your thoughts with me. And so podcast. Um also now that the show is coming out, um these thoughts that I have been marinating on for like fifteen years need somewhere to go. And I have become that moment in Mean Girls where Katie is like, I spent eighty percent of my time talking about Regina and the other twenty percent of the time hoping someone else would bring it up. Like I just I need a structured place to talk about these books. My friends are getting annoyed with me. And, you know, maybe if I set aside like an hour a week to be annoying, um I can be less annoying in real life. So those are <laughs> those are my two reasons.
0: So I'm lifting the burden of you being annoying to your in real life friends.
1: Oh, for sure. And you know what? They'll thank you for it. If it works. I mean, me getting more annoying is always a possibility. So yeah, how did I manage to con you into this? Like what made you what made you agree?
0: Well, (laughs) I've always wanted to do a podcast. I don't know why. But I think the world needs to hear my thoughts. And unfortunately, it will not be on my true passion of politics. It will be about this children's book series. However,
1: well, because so many men have podcasts and more women should have podcasts.
0: Yeah, it's really not fair. Like I saw these jokes about like if your boyfriend got podcasting equipment for his birthday or for Christmas, throw it out. And I was like, "You know what? I'm about to start a podcast, so I need to be that annoying person in my family's lives who is now a podcaster." So, that's that's why I'm here, and I'm excited to learn more about something that you're really passionate about because we are friends, and that's that's how friendships work.
1: Amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um And, you know, even if even if you hate it, I feel like I have to still be your friend um, because you're taking this time with me. So every time I'm like, oh, we're not going to be friends if you don't like it. It's not true.
0: Yeah. Now that this is recorded, I'm going to clip that out because I need that just in case I don't like the books. And I'm going to remind you of that. Like you said it, you I everybody heard it that you said you were still going to be friends with me, even if I don't like the books. So you already said it. No take backs.
1: Well because there are there are some red red flags that you've overlooked of mine um one of which that we'll probably get into when we discuss the next set of chapters um oh boy,
0: I'm so excited,
1: just just by the way, no that's coming um <laughs> yeah, so this is this is your demigod debut that's what we're we're calling the podcast, so my own demigod debut i am gonna talk about myself again for a minute um I first read these books in the year of our Lord 2009. 11? Um, what? Were you 11? Is that right? I was 11. I was 11. Yes. And I'm I'm a big rereader and so I have a very I don't remember much about like actually reading them for the first time, but I have a very vivid memory of one time like hiding in my closet rereading the second one when I was like supposed to be doing <laughs> something else, but I was hiding and rereading that. And then I don't know, it was just kind of, like, one of the books that I liked until high school when I had a friend ask, like, oh, have you read The Heroes of Olympus, like, the second series? And I was like, no, what is that? And she, like, loaned me her books, and it was, like, right after the fourth one had come out. So then I, like, had to wait a year for the fifth one to come out, which is not at all as bad as the people who had to wait um, the year in between Mark of Athena and House of Hades. Um, I see you. I respect you. I... I had to wait um a weekend um to like get the next book from my friend and that was torture. So much respect to anyone who had to wait the entire year between those two books. Um that was kind of th- like that was that was when it really hit for me. I was like, "Oh, these these books are fantastic. I I'm going to base my entire personality around them." Ever since then, I've just you know been very annoying about it. Um and then in college, I discovered that there was a musical, and as a reformed theater kid, that's like, <laughs> I was like, this caters to my interests perfectly. Coming out here as a Lightning Thief musical stan, um, I know that's a hot take to some, but- Ooh,
0: are we getting controversial? It's
1: very good. Um, if I if I can find a way for you to like watch the musical, I will, because I feel like the musical is it's amazing and- very important to me and I think it's one of the best book to anything adaptations out there and I will die on that hill just like redacted anyway (laughs) Uh, is that a spoiler is that what what was that what was that redacted (laughs) okay before before we start do you have any initial predictions or thoughts going into it
0: No, I gotta be honest, I'm, I was gonna make a prediction. And then I was like, you know what, we're just we're really gonna raw dog it. I'm like, I don't, it's a kid's book. I'm not expecting much. And that's, that's how we went into it. I read it. This I I started reading last night, because I was like, Oh, shit, I forgot that I have to read three chapters. And then I finished it this morning, right before I went on my hot girl walk. And I'm like, this is really not good time management on my part. But yeah, no predictions, but I do have notes, so we're somewhat prepared. It'll be great.
1: Fantastic. I'm so glad that you have notes. Um, also, I feel like someone should be keeping account of how many times you say raw dog um, in this episode, because we're two. That's two.
0: That's two. Yeah. All right. I'll bring it up as much as possible.
1: Fantastic. All right. So, chapter one, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. This chapter opens on, dare I say, the most iconic opening page of all time. I have had this memorized since I was a child. Um, Look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. If you're reading this because you think you might be one of us, my advice is close this book right now. Believe whatever lie your mom and dad told you about your birth and try to live a normal life. Being a half-blood is dangerous. It's scary. Most of the time, it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. If you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction, great. Read on. I envy you for being able to believe that none of this ever happened. But if you recognize yourself in these pages, if you feel something stirring inside you, stop reading immediately. You might be one of us. And once you know that, it's only a matter of time before they know, and they will come for you. Don't say I didn't warn you. Did you just do that from memory? Yeah. When I said I had it memorized, I was not, (laughs) like... I was not exaggerating. I was not exaggerating. (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? Thank you. I, I don't know if that was word for word. Um, all the different adaptations have, like, some weird variation of kind of that opening monologue, and so they they blur together, but I think that was something. I also, like, I just love a fourth wall break, like, and I, I also love a moment where it's like, hey, this story I'm about to tell you, like, I don't want you to hear it, like, don't read this. Don't mm. read this story that I'm it's like, because as a child, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to read it even harder now because you just told me not to. Iconic. Um, so, you have, do you have any thoughts on the first page? Because I kind of went crazy. but
0: um, Really? First of all, I was like, what, what am I getting myself into with these chapter titles? It feels very Tumblr humor that I'm getting into um i know this came out kind of before tumblr's heyday
1: honestly honestly i think that the chapter the chapter titles i feel like shaped tumblr's humor there's a lot of um percy jackson girlies on tumblr that was one of the first things that i was into on tumblr um and i feel like percy jackson's um kind of humor and personality shaped a lot of us as children so (laughs)
0: That's very interesting. Now I feel like I need to read like a thesis or like a dissertation on like the origin of like this generation of Tumblr users. I think I need, I need some scholarly work here. Maybe I'll write it. Maybe I'll do it.
1: Um, If you find some, please let me know. All right. So post iconic opening monologue, Percy reveals he is 12 years old. He is a student, a boarding student at Yancey Academy, a private school in upstate New York.
0: That's vague by the way. Where the hell is upstate New York? That's the entire state of New York.
1: It, it is fake. Right. Upstate New York is... The entire state. Large. The entire state. Um, And he is, by his own definition, a troubled kid. And so he's like, I could start at any point in my life, but it really started to get bad on this field trip we went to, to the Met, to look at ancient Greek and Roman stuff. And we... We've been to the Met. We went to the Met together. We did. You did not like the Met, correct?
0: Okay. Don't act like I wasn't the. I was the only one who didn't like the Met. We had a conversation about how boring it was. Okay, so don't pin this on me. Like we literally walked out and be like, "This is kind of boring." Am I wrong? Am I misremembering that trip?
1: No, you're not wrong. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay.
1: Thank you. But also, we didn't go. <laughs> we didn't go into the like Greek and Roman part i don't think that first time because i always have a good time looking at old greek and roman stuff um much like Percy is about to there are there are two teachers on this trip um you've got mr brunner who has excellent well sort of excellent vibes um he's very much giving like that english teacher whose room that you would have lunch in um Mm. so he's got like a tweed jacket he smells like coffee um he uses a wheelchair and he's got a collection of roman armor and weapons which is excellent but also red flag a little bit of a red flag like if i just knew yeah if i just knew a dude who had weapons like that's yes um percy's like oh this field trip i'm not gonna get in trouble on and explains previous times he's gotten in trouble on field trips including shooting a cannon at a bus which he says i wasn't aiming for the bus which Leads me to believe, like we were actually, a- we were aiming to shoot the cannon, but we weren't aiming for the bus. So, like, yeah, what? Who? Who was watching this child on this field trip? This kid blew up his. Yeah, he blew up his school bus. He's
0: he's on a watch list somewhere. Like I'm sure of it. Like how how the hell does something like that happen? Like that's that's like ABC World News opening credits. Like some kid blew up a school bus in upstate New York. That's what we're
1: doing. No for sure. And then he hit the wrong lever and sent his class into the shark tank. Hello? <laughs> like I what kind of aquarium or whatever has a lever that like does that that is within the like like that the public can get to? That's that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, what kind of Dr. Doofenshmirtz, like, Bond villain type stuff are we getting into here? Like, what
1: what's going on? Yeah, like, <sighs> wild. Um, Yeah, so on on the way to the field trip, we are introduced to Nancy Boba Fett, um, who is a redheaded kleptomaniac girl who is hitting his best friend Grover with chunks of a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich. Which, peanut butter and ketchup sandwich, red flag. Ew.
0: First of all, first of all, I don't like the demonization of a redhead here. Okay, why does why does she have to be a redhead? First of all. I hate that. Like Definitely. Come on.
1: Red redhead, red flag. <laughs>
0: <gasps> the nerve.
1: Apologies to redheads everywhere, including you.
0: <laughs> We're going to boycott this podcast.
1: <gasps> no not when we just started um we're also introduced to Grover who is Percy's best friend um and Percy said like he's scrawny he's older was probably held back because he's got like the start of a beard and acne he's um disabled the book says crippled don't like the use of that word it was written in 2005 so um but we're just gonna say it was 2005 and kind of go and move on Percy says like Grover might be disabled, but he will run for enchiladas, and he's real for that. Um. Yeah, so we're throwing wads of sandwich, and Percy's like, I wish that I had just hit her right then and there, because it's um, nothing like the trouble I was about to get myself into, Um, which he's so ominous.
0: He really is. Like, he's a very dramatic 12-year-old boy. Like, it's like, come on, calm down, like- You're going to be okay, kid. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be okay. He could very much not be okay. But this is a little dramatic for a 12-year-old boy, I feel
1: like. Cool. So they're looking at Greek stuff, and we're introduced to the other teacher that's on this field trip, Mrs. Dodds, who teaches math, is from Georgia, and wears a black leather jacket even though she's 50 years old, Um, which... Badass. Mrs Mrs. Dodds is an icon. Like, unfortunately, she just is. Um, and if I was still a math teacher, that's the kind of math teacher I would want to be like leather jacket,
0: rocking it into the fifties.
1: Yeah. Kind of mean, secretly a monster, all the things. Gives
0: big lesbian vibes.
1: Yes. So true. And you know, it is, it is Mrs. Dodds. So she's got a wife. She's got a wife somewhere. Um, we're, we're calling it now.
0: Yeah. Manifesting it
1: everyone's a lesbian actually like that's um so true and the thing that really gets me here is um one time percy told grover he didn't think miss dodds was human and grover looked at him and was like you're absolutely right like if if they knew if they knew she wasn't human like why didn't we do anything about it sooner like why did we wait for him to get attacked on the field trip. I'm getting ahead of myself in this chapter, but it's just a question that I have. Um, they talk about the myth of Cronos eating his kids, which is fun and gross. Greek mythology really is a good time. And Mr. Brunner says um, like, Percy, you have to discover why this matters in real life. And Percy's like, it doesn't. Um, which is... Which is untrue.
0: <laughs> May I just note, Grover, great sidekick name. Like, they really nailed it with that one. Like, big sidekick energy right there. It is.
1: It is a good sidekick name. You're right. You're right. That's a good sidekick name. Percy goes outside to have lunch, and they're sitting on the steps of the Met, and he's like, oh, my mom lives a little way uptown from here. I want to get in a taxi, and I want to go uptown. Yeah, so he lives He lives a little way uptown from the Met. Um, which, they live in Manhattan. That feels like money. Rich. But they're not.
0: Right. Like, Upper upper East Side, like, the mom works, the stepdad is kind of, like, a loser. Like, where uptown are you? Are you, like, Harlem? Are you, like, Bronx? Like, how far uptown are you? Well,
1: okay. I, disclaimer... Brooklyn girl here, don't know all that much about Manhattan neighborhoods, but did just start working in the Upper East Side, so I spent a lot of time up there, but the address that he gives is 104th and 1st. That's that's too far north to be Upper East Side. That's East Harlem. I'm, like, 95% sure. As as a Brooklyn girlie, um, I'm pretty sure that is not the Upper East Side, but... Which, then you're looking at a little bit less expensive, but still, like, that's... 2005. 2005. Maybe New York was less expensive somehow.
0: We're going to start some discourse about New York City neighborhoods. We're starting discourse. I'm excited. I want to get I want to get into it.
1: You want to get into discourse about New York City neighborhoods?
0: 9/11 had just happened, you know. That is true. 9/11 had just happened. Rents were probably terrible. I had to bring up 9/11 at some point, you know I did. <laughs> and that's just who i am as a person um we're gonna get even if we were monetized which probably never gonna happen we would immediately get demonetized for me breaking
1: this up. you you will make this political
0: <laughs> oh absolutely you think i'm going to read these books and not try to connect it to my own interests absolutely not come on do you even know who i am no
1: no, no. there are there are some things that i'm like really really excited to talk about um Kind of once once we get more into like the connections between the Greek gods and the real world, like I'm very excited to um, unpack some of that.
0: May I note this is not the first time Mal has made me read a book for for her own enjoyment of my reaction to it. The first one was Red, White, and Royal Blue, and we had many thoughts about that book. We should we should have had an episode about that. That would have been actually hilarious when the movie came out. That would have been. We should have
1: started a podcast about Red, White, and Royal Blue. <laughs> that would have been sure. hilarious. Yeah, because lots of, lots of politics in that one. Lots of politics in that one. Anyway, back to this. All right, so back to the book. So they're, they're eating, whatever. Nancy comes and dumps her lunch on Grover. And then Percy's like, I'm, I was so mad that my mind went blank. And all of a sudden, Nancy's in the fountain. And she's like, Percy pushed me. First of all, she knows that's not true. But does she? Does she think it's true? Because also, like, if, if something like this happened to me, I don't- I, I probably wouldn't trust my own memory of the event, because I wouldn't be like, oh, the water from the fountain, like, grabbed me and pulled me into the fountain. I would be like, oh, Percy pushed me into the fountain. So, like, it makes sense that she thinks that, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I'll give it to her. Redhead solidarity, you know. I'll give her this one. Right.
1: Redhead solidarity. Then Mrs. Dodds lures him off into the museum, which- Again, you have to question Grover here. Like, if you already have shown that you suspect that this person is not human and might be a monster, like, why would you let your friend get lured off into the museum with her? Like, make it make sense. Make it make sense.
0: Bad sidekick energy. Lazy. That's what it is.
1: Bad sidekick energy, for sure. They go into the museum and... Mrs. Dodds is like, oh, did you think you were going to get away with it? We're not fools. Confess and you'll suffer less pain, which is like excellent villain energy coming from her right then. And Percy's like, what is she talking about? And the things that he can come up with are he's selling illegal candy out of his dorm room and that they somehow found out about that. Or they found out that he got his essay on Tom Sawyer from the Internet and they're going to take away his grade or worse, make him read the book
0: so true i hate that book
1: (laughs) i mean he's not wrong um relatable but this also made me kind of sad because i'm like oh this is the last time that he's gonna have like normal sixth grade problems like these are normal sixth grade problems and she's about to make this not a normal sixth grade problem because then she turns into this shriveled hag in burzy's words with bat wings claws and yellow fangs
0: icon (laughs)
1: Hold on. I made myself laugh, and I couldn't make the joke I wanted to laugh. Like, say, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> More lesbians should be shriveled hags, that's all I'm saying. So true. So true. Representation matters. Exactly. So, all of a sudden, Mr. Brunner is there, and he gives Percy... Percy all of a sudden has a pen. And then... Once he grabs, like, once he grabs the pen, it's not a pen anymore, it's a sword. And he literally swings it once, and Mrs. Dodds turns into dust, which is wild. Like, the fact that this fight scene is literally, like, a single page is crazy. Like, he got, he got very lucky here. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how fast he destroys this monster. So, she dissolves into powder all of a sudden he's alone with a ballpoint pin in his hand mr brunner isn't there no one's there but him he's like oh my god my lunch must have been drugged (laughs) which he's real for that um he comes outside and everyone is like oh this the teacher we've had for months is mrs care or Kerr. i don't know i don't know how you say that and then everybody's like, who's Mrs. Dodds? There's never been a Mrs. Dodds. We are entering our Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss era. Mrs. Dodds never existed. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the first chapter. So we, we're on a field trip, destroyed a monster, and everyone is gaslighting Percy.
0: Thoughts on the first chapter? Yeah. Um, so many questions, first of all. Which I assume most people would probably have after they read this. Most people being children. Um, like, who is they that Miss Dodds was referring to? Why did they want to kill Percy? Why? Why? And also, with, I was saying Kerr, Mrs. Kerr, her existence, is that, like, reality somehow altered after Mrs. Dodds died? Or, like, how, I'm very confused about how that happened, like, because obviously all of these normal children believe that their teacher was Mrs. Kerr the whole time now. But but I guess I don't understand how this whole like are we getting in a multiverse thing? What what's happening? I'm 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 confused. I am I am
1: not gonna answer your questions. Um
0: That's not helpful. <laughs> I have questions. You're a teacher, you're supposed to answer questions.
1: Yes, but spoilers. Um Yes, excellent, excellent things to point out. Um, you will get answers to those questions if that helps.
0: Well, I would hope so, honestly, as a reader. I, I am intrigued. I'll give you that. The first twelve, or what is it? For I don't even know how many pages are in the first chapter. We had fifteen thrilling action, if not short-lived, and you know, I'm I'm interested to see where this is gonna go. I'm I have a lot of questions, no answers from you or. Whoever wrote, who wrote this? There's not even the authors on the front cover. Rick Riordan? Oh, yes, it is. I just can't read the, the big red letters. Yep. Just cu- you should cut that out, because I'm a moron. <laughs> yeah, cut that part out. I don't want people to know I'm a moron.
1: Well, now I have to leave, because it's funny. No, you don't. No. <laughs> well, either way, I'm saving that audio clip. You'd be like, cut that out. I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your sound bite, yeah new bit <laughs> all it's right fine. yeah i think ultimately i think it's a, it's a good first chapter um because it does leave you with more questions than answers like percy doesn't know what's going on you don't know what's going on and so you're like i gotta keep reading to figure out what's going on
0: we're in the same boat here yeah me and percy we're pals
1: all right chapter two three old ladies knit the socks of death the gaslight era continues. Percy calls it a 24/7 hallucination and he tries to spring like Mrs. Dodd's references on people, but everybody has no idea what he's talking about except for Grover, who is a bad liar. And so that tells Percy that like something did happen at the museum. And so he's having nightmares. The weather is weird. His Grades get bad. Um, He's going from Ds to Fs, um, which makes sense because everyone is gaslighting him. He snaps at an English teacher, calls him an old sot. I, I don't know what that means either. It's not nice, whatever it is. And he is... He is officially not invited back to Yancey Academy for the seventh grade. And he's like, fine. I want to be back with my mom in our apartment on the Upper East Side, even if I have to go to public school and put up with my obnoxious stepfather, which the address is not in the Upper East Side. It's, it's, it's not East Harlem. And so he's like, I would miss Grover and I would miss Mr. Brunner. Um, And he's finally starting to believe that Latin would actually be life or death for him, which... Did your middle school have Latin class?
0: No, absolutely not.
1: Okay, yeah, no, mine didn't either.
0: I went to public school.
1: Okay, yeah, so did I. This feels very, like, that's very rich private school class. Oh, yeah. Um, so Percy, studying for his final, having a bad time, and decides he's going to go to Mr. Brunner's office and ask him for help, or at least apologize for the F that he's about to get on his test. When he gets there... He overhears Grover talking, and he says he's worried about Percy. And Percy says he's not an eavesdropper, but when you hear your best friend talking to you about, like, talking about you with an adult, you listen. Which, so true. Grover's like, oh, there was this monster in the school, and now that we know for sure, and they know, and Mr. Brunner's like, no, it's not time. Grover says something about a summer solstice deadline, and Mr. Brunner's like, we're gonna have to do it without him. And insists that like it was all Percy's imagination and it's fine and like it's, n- it's not time yet. And Grover says something about how he cannot fail again. And Mr. Brunner tells him that he hasn't failed and they just have to keep Percy alive until next fall. And Percy drops his book and something much taller than his teacher in a wheelchair makes a shadow and he sees something that looks like it might be an archer's bow. And then when he returns back to the room, Grover's there as if he's been there all night and Percy is very upset that um, his best friend and his teacher had been talking about him behind his back and they thought he was in some kind of danger. Yeah, so that's that's my summary for that part. Any thoughts? Any thoughts on the conversation he overheard?
0: No, I gotta be honest. That's not uh, what. Or is this when he called him a kindly one, or was that on the bus? Yes, Before, yes. yeah. So don't know what that is. Excited to learn what that means. Um, also the solstices being very important deadlines for some reason. Is that a mythology thing? I don't know, but I picked up on that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 definitely a trend. It's definitely a trend, and. In-
0: oh i have another thing i have another thing i forgot i forgot so all of these things that happen to percy like the bad things happen when he's not at yancey is yancey under some sort of home base protection or something for him where like nothing bad can happen to him there it always has to be when he's left the grounds of the school or is that something you can't tell me
1: oh interesting interesting um I will not answer that question.
0: Oh, uh, damn it, Mal.
1: <laughs> but it is a, it's an interesting theory. Well, but even, even if that is the case, he is not invited back, so. That's
0: just mean, you know? You call someone an old sot once, and it's, it's game over? Where's the sense of humor? Still don't know what it means. Watch it be like a slur or something. I'm gonna Google That'd it. That'd be really bad.
1: Because we've also now both said it. I'm
0: looking it up right now. Oh, it's a heavy drinker. Oh.
1: Oh. Come on! Oh, that's not, that's not even bad. Like that just means you're. Oh wait,
0: so another word for being cool.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: Like, come on, <laughs> give me a break. It's such a lame reason to expel a kid. Come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was probably just the final straw.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: All right. So, um, after the after the final, Mr. Brunner tells Percy. Don't be discouraged about leaving. It's for the best. You're not normal, Percy. It's nothing. And Percy's like, what the hell are you talking? Like, he's like, what? Like, here's my favorite teacher, like, telling me that I getting kicked out is for the best. Like, I was destined to get kicked out. The heck?
0: Yeah, you're calling me a weirdo? Like, that's not very nice.
1: Didn't didn't really do what he was wanting there. So Percy goes off to pack for home. And all the other rich kids at the school were talking about their, like, fabulous vacation plans. And Percy just said he's going back to the city, and he's bummed out about saying bye to Grover, but surprised, they don't have to, because Grover's taking the bus back to Manhattan with him.
0: Nightmare. Nightmare, by the way. What's a nightmare? Taking a bus to New York City, Port Authority. Nightmare. Nightmare.
1: yeah, for sure. Um, Grover's very nervous, looking around, and Percy asks, are you looking for kindly ones? And Grover's like, what do you mean? And... Then Grover continues to try to gaslight him to be like, Percy, I was just worried about you hallucinating about demon math teachers. And he Percy tells him, you're a really bad liar. Um, Grover gives him his business card, which is very fancy, um, with a Half-Blood Hill, Long Island, New York address on it. And Percy kind of thinks this is a bummer. Um, he's like, I can't believe Grover has a summer home um, and that he's as rich as everyone else. And Grover tells Percy that he was supposed to protect him. And Percy's like, what are you supposed to protect me from? Because, like, I've been protecting you from bullies all year long. Um, All of a sudden, the bus kind of breaks down. They get out of the bus, look across the street. There is a fruit stand. And there are three old ladies knitting some massive socks with electric blue yarn. And these women are, like, ancient. They have wrinkled faces. And they're looking right at Percy as they're looking at percy they cut the string that they are knitting with with some scissors percy says he can hear the snip across four lanes of traffic so like this is this is big he tells grover that he saw them cut the cord and then grover freaks out and he's like oh i don't want this to be like last time and Percy's like, what last time? And then Grover starts talking about how they never get past sixth grade. Then Percy's like, wait, the snipping of the yarn. Is someone going to die? And he says Grover is looking at him like he is trying to decide what kind of flowers he would like on his coffin, which is dark. But yes, more drama. Um, probably more questions for you than answers yet again. Um, but thoughts on chapter two.
0: So many questions. First of all, mention of the black smoke and like smell of rotten eggs. That's very similar to what happened with Mrs. Dodds, right? There was black smoke and and sulfur smell. So I'm like this this could be related to whatever happened on the bus. Um also noting the significance of electric blue yarn. I don't know if that means anything, the color electric blue, but I just noted it and also, by the way, there's a difference between a coffin and a casket, so the author probably meant casket not coffin, just saying. Just saying. Noting that,
1: thank you for that note. Um, yeah, this like snipping of the yarn is something I have a lot of thoughts on, and I sent um like a four minute long voice message to a friend about it earlier today, actually. Um, but we will not get into that until we get to the death that that is foretelling. Sorry. Come
0: on. Okay, well it's not gonna be Percy, obviously. Is Grover gonna die? Cause that would make me actually really sad. I feel like if he fails again, he should. They should probably kill him. Like just.
1: This is a children's book. This is a children's book. (laughs) They killed someone off in the first chapter. What do you mean? She was a monster. She was a math teacher. Math teachers. (laughs) I'm not gonna finish that sentence.
0: You're so right. You're so right. No, say it. Be brave. Say it.
1: Math math teachers deserve to die. Um, I'm just kidding. I was a math teacher for about six months in 2020. Cancelled. And you know what? When I was a math teacher. I might have deserved to get hit with a sword a (laughs) little bit. We're going to breeze on past that. Moving on to chapter three. Grover unexpectedly loses his pants. Another great chapter title.
0: Gross, by the way. Like, this is supposed to be, I know he's not, but supposed to be a child. Disgusting.
1: We open with Percy immediately ditching Grover at the bus stop which is valid because Grover's being weird and sketchy. And here's here's where we get the East 104th and 1st address, which is not the Upper East Side. It is East Harlem, according to my knowledge of Manhattan neighborhoods. And then Percy is immediately a mama's boy when he's like, a word about my mother before you meet her. She's Sally Jackson. She's the best woman in the world. And then he gets into her tragic backstory where her parents died and she... Um, was raised by an uncle. She was going to go to college to become a novelist, but had to quit school um, when her uncle got cancer. And so then he died and she had no money and no diploma and no family. But she met Percy's dad, who was apparently rich and important and, but they never got married. And he went on a journey and got lost at sea, which, Hmm. Any, any guesses? Any guesses who Percy's dad could be? I mean, you don't know anything about Greek mythology, you said, but any any guesses? It's Poseidon, isn't it? Is he the is
0: he the is, he's the sea one, right? Maybe so. <laughs> no, his dad is King Triton from the Little Mermaid. That's my guess. That's official. I'm saying it now.
1: Okay, you're you're locking that one in. Yeah. So then Percy has this stepdad who he calls smelly Gabe and says that he reeks like moldy garlic pizza wrapped in gym shorts, which is a very specific, I, I feel like I can smell that. Like I know, Ooh, that's a very specific way to describe yeah. that smell. Um. So then he gets home and Gabe is playing poker with some friends and seems terrible and immediately asks Percy if he has any money, <laughs> which he's 12. Like, why is this child providing your gambling money? Um, Percy also says he looks like a, Percy says he looks like a tuskless walrus in thrift store clothes.
0: That's so relatable. Which,
1: again, is a very specific image, and I can, I can see that. Percy says he's expected to provide his gambling funds, and if he, and he calls it his quote unquote guy secret, meaning if I told my mom he would punch my lights out. And that makes me wonder, is that just a threat, or has Gabe been putting his hands on Percy? Because,
0: yeah, is he a piece of shit? like let's I will go to war against this man
1: because yeah I I will throw hands with this man the thing the thing that really gets me here um Percy's like I don't have any cash and Gabe's like well if you took a cab from the bus station paid with a 20 you probably got six or seven bucks in chain now okay if he's coming from Port Authority to the Upper East Side it's like very far
0: 20 bucks would not cover that
1: I mean 2005 but I work on the Upper East Side and I tried to take an Uber from work to Port Authority to take a bus um, a couple weeks ago and it was like $50 and so I had to like lug my suitcase onto the train because I was like I'm not paying $50 for this Uber so hearing that it was like $13, $14 for him to take this cab I was like I wish I lived in New York in 2005 because yeah
0: I'd also also we know Gabe has a car so why the hell did he not go pick up Percy from the... I mean, we know he's a piece of shit, so that's why. But he could have picked him up from the train station. He's a 12-year-old boy. What
1: the hell? You know, I never I never even considered that. Wow. Yet another way that this man sucks. Then Percy's mom comes home. And Percy, once again, mama's boy, is like, my mom could make me feel better just by walking in the room. He's like, she smells like candy. She only sees the good things about me. And... I'm like, Sally Jackson, please adopt me. Um, You seem wonderful. And she tells him that they're going to go to Montauk, to this like cabin that they always go to. Percy's filling her in on the year. He gets up to the museum and she's like, oh, did something happen? He's like, no. Then she's like, "Um, okay, well, when we get to Montauk, you can tell me about whatever you've forgotten to tell me. So Sally knows something. Then you have Gabe, like gatekeeping the car and Percy being like he's not going to let us go and I'm like this man is controlling and awful and terrible about this guy and we hate him also his last
0: name is like Ugliano lovely that's great writing i love it
1: yeah that's that's how you know he's a villain because his name is Ugliano mm-hmm. yeah and so then they get in the car and Gabe's like um not one scratch on my car and Percy's like i'm not going to be the one driving like you're an idiot which i love um so they they get to Montauk And this little rental cabin that seems really run down. And he says there's like sand in the sheets and spiders in the cabinets and the sea is too cold, but he loves it. And it is the place where his mom met his dad. And they get there and they eat blue food, which I love the blue food. It's so cute. Um, Gabe was like, there's no such thing as blue food. And Sally's like, you know what? Screw you. And then makes everything blue.
0: First, First of all, blueberries. Hello. This guy's a moron.
1: Well, some, some would argue that blueberries are purple. Like, not to not to advocate for smelly Gabe here, but...
0: Not on the outside. They're blueberries. No. We're not doing this. We're not getting into blueberry discourse on this Percy Jackson podcast. We're not doing it. <laughs> it's like, is a grape purple, but when you peel it, it's green. And I'm, I'm not doing this.
1: Okay. We're not. That's fair. No. Right. <laughs> so, between the blue candy and the fact that she kept her maiden name, we're proving that she is rebellious and not totally suckered by gay which love and so percy said what's always on his mind when he came comes to montauk is his dad so he asked his mom about his dad and she's like he was great he would be so proud of you and percy's like what's so great about me a dyslexic hyperactive boy with a d-plus report card kicked out of the sixth school in six years like poor guy poor guy honestly And then Percy's like, how old was I when I when he left and learns that he never actually met his father, which doesn't feel right to him because he feels like he remembers something about his father, a warm glow and a smile. Then that makes him kind of angry. He's like, why did he go on that stupid sea voyage and leave us here stuck with Gabe? Deadbeat dad. Deadbeat dad. This is this is actually just a book series about daddy issues. Um, So if you're not prepared for that get out now. Oh boy, I'm so ready. Well, okay, I can't say it's just daddy issues. Some of them have mommy issues. and that's...
0: I draw the line at mommy issues. Mommy issues are way more <laughs> fucked up than daddy issues, let's be real. Let's. Oh my god, let's be so real about that. Mommy issues, way worse. No,
1: you're right. You're so right.
0: Date a man or a woman who has daddy issues versus mommy issues, you will understand this immediately. Immediately. Anyway, that's my little rant about that.
1: <clears throat> what? A, what about someone who has both?
0: You know what? I haven't had the pleasure of that one yet, so I'm not sure. It could could turn out well? Could be a nightmare. Really, really depends.
1: I'm I'm thinking about a specific character when I say that. And anyway, we're just gonna breeze on past that one. Um, we're gonna
0: we're gonna therapize every every character in this book by the end of the podcast exactly. series. I'm convinced exactly. we're gonna we're gonna fix them all.
1: Well, I feel like like any of these books where you have children who are like having to save the world there needs to be some like mental health care for these children because you are just like consistently giving them drama and like making them fight for their lives like that's not fair true but also like when you're a kid you don't really understand that you're just like this seems cool like this is cool as hell like I want to be a hero I want to be a half-blood that's why Percy's little warning in the beginning doesn't work because I know like when I was a kid and I read it I listened to him tell me I didn't want to be a half-blood it's dangerous and I was like yeah okay so which of my parents is the god because this this is this this rocks <laughs> this is so cool yeah all right so Percy's like mom are you going to have to send me away again and Sally said you know I I have to it's for your own good cuz you're special and I uh, I thought yancy Academy would be far enough aw- away to keep you safe. And Percy's like, safe from what? And then he remembers all these crazy things that have happened, including in third grade, a man in a black trench coat stalking him on the playground, who he realized only had one eye. And then in preschool, a teacher had put him down for a nap and a snake like crawled into his little cot and he strangled it to death, which, unless I'm misremembering my mythology, is a thing that happened to Hercules.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I just got a laugh out of the image of like a little tiny baby hand strangling a snake. I thought that was hilarious because babies have little fat hands, little tiny baby fat hands.
1: Very cute. Little fat, fat baby fingers.
0: Yeah, they're so cute. Oh
1: babies and he's like you know what in every single school something crazy had happened something that was unsafe and he had been forced to move and so he was like I know I need to tell my mom about like the old ladies that I saw and what happened with Mrs. Dodds He's like, but he knows that if he does it would like end their trip and he doesn't want that to happen and so um Sally tells him that there's this summer camp that his dad wanted him to attend and he's like my dad, who never even met me, was like, like, thought it was important enough to tell you that I needed to go to this summer camp. He's like, and why had my mom never mentioned this before? And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it. Because if I send you there, it could mean saying goodbye to you for good. Dramatic and crazy. um, But she's not wrong.
0: <laughs> it's all very cryptic and things that you wouldn't usually say to a 12 year old boy. But um, none of this is normal. So I'm just rolling with it rolling with whatever comes out of this woman's mouth
1: the these chapters are just entirely meant to be like cryptic and not give you any more information than you already have like it's just very Mm -hmm. it's very ominous like you're like you're like something is coming and you're just like waiting for it to happen so then that night percy has a dream about an eagle and a horse that are fighting and he knows that he has to stop them, but he's like running in slow motion and he can't get there in time. And the Eagle like dives down and it's going to get the horse. And then he wakes up, um, which haha, dream symbolism. Um, the, the dream, the dreams are a big thing. We have a lot of dreams in these books. Um, I,
0: Ooh, we're going to do some dream analysis. I love I it. I
1: enjoy dreams as a plot device as well. Um, I think it's really fun in fantasy books when they, like, give you a peek at what's going on elsewhere. They, like, give you glimpses of the future in Dreams. So, big fan of Dreams.
0: Also, great Fleetwood Mac song.
1: Wait, what is what is a great Fleetwood Mac song?
0: Dreams! Oh my god, come on, Mal.
1: I'm sorry? I only listen to Taylor Swift. Have you
0: never heard Dreams? I probably have. Oh my god, we're, we're getting cancelled right now. I'm sending, you probably have, you know this song. I'm gonna send it to you after this. Unbelievable. Okay, continue.
1: So, um, his mom's like, it's a hurricane, and it's too early in the summer for a hurricane, which, like, okay, but a hurricane is currently happening. So, so she, there's pounding on the door. Um, His mom opens it, and Grover is standing there. And Percy says, but he wasn't exactly Grover. And he's like, I've been searching all night. And Sally's like, oh my god, what happened at school you didn't tell me? And Grover's like, it's right behind me. It's coming. And... Then Sally's like, Percy, you have to tell me what's going on. And so he, like, real quick is like, oh, this thing happened. And so Sally's like, you got to get in the car. Let's go. And as they're running for the car, Percy finally tells us that um, the, the story about, like, Grover having a muscular disorder and being, like, disabled finally made sense because he has no feet. He has hooves. And that is the end of chapter three. And that is the end of what you have read, too. So thoughts on chapter chapter three
0: big big major wendy woo vibes please tell me you know what i'm saying
1: i okay it has been years since uh, are you referencing like a specific thing that happens in wendy woo no
0: the whole story like you know like this oh the idea okay. of this girl she's not she's just trying to live her normal life right and then She has this, like, sidekick who comes out of nowhere. I can't remember his name. I used to watch – I've seen this movie, like, 80 times. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. And he's trying to, like, protect her from, like, the evil fight that she's about to go on. But she has no idea. She's like, I just am trying to be a teenage girl and become homecoming queen. And then she has to go through all this training to become a warrior. I don't know if he does training or anything, but the beginning part of where she was like totally clueless and then this guy shows up and is like her mentor kind of thing throughout it. It just reminded me of that. And then I love I love Wendy Wu, The Homecoming Queen. It's a great movie. Everybody should go watch it. It also came out right after this book, like a year after.
1: Wow. Maybe, maybe Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior was... Um... Based on Percy Jackson anyway um I have not thought about that movie in years so thank you for you're for so that. welcome other not windy woo related thoughts yeah so ma dad's a
0: god is that what we're saying is that the half blood part like he's half human half God is that is that the terminology I don't know' it's, I don't I don't know what the other half is so I'm like confused see
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give you that one for free. Yeah, he
0: Thank you, he thank <laughs> you. Finally, you answer a question. I feel like I'm like Congress congressperson or something trying to get you to answer a question. Anyway, so mom knew about Percy, clearly. Hid it from him. Not very smart, in my opinion, but I guess he is a 12-year-old boy. So what do you do with that information? Um, and Grover's like half horse. I don't like that. He's like a centaur, is that right? I don't know. It's freaking me out, though. I don't like it. Is he a centaur? What is he? What
1: he's like got hooves. Is he still part person?
0: <laughs> he is. He
1: has he's got like like person top. He's just he's just got animal legs and Now wait,
0: wait. So he loses his pants. Is he also naked up top or does he have a shirt on? That's what I need to know.
1: <laughs> I would I would assume he has a shirt on, but Yeah. Um do you have any predictions or thoughts going forward? I mean, you've only read 3 chapters.
0: Um, so big womp womp, I think mom's gonna die. I just feel like he has to go through that trauma. Um, I don't know how she's gonna die, but I feel like they're gonna kill her. Just, just to put my boy through some more stuff. Let's see. We gotta, I need a training montage. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I really want it to. I need a training montage so he can figure out all his cool powers with the water and stuff. Um, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to.
1: Excellent. Well, also, next time you'll get to meet... The fictional character of all time. Um, my very favorite character in anything ever. Um, So I'm excited for that.
0: Is it a girl? Is it the girl in the show that I keep seeing pictures of that looks like that one actress from The Bear? Oh! Is it her?
1: Yes, it is her. I uh, okay. love her. That's,
0: that's the only thing on social media I've seen yes. about Percy Jackson. It's everybody saying that this girl from the show looks exactly like the younger version of Ao. Eddie Beery, is that how you say your last name? Um, Who's in The Bear and in like a million movies this year. Um, But that's the only thing I've seen on social media. So I've been pretty spoiler free.
1: I did. I did see a tweet that was like, they need to play like siblings in something. And yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, Fantastic. I'm so glad that you were finally reading these books. Um, And I'm so glad the first three chapters didn't scare you away, clearly. No, not yet. I mean, we'll see.
0: Oh, we'll, it's only there was only like 45 pages, so there's still time. There's still time.
1: There there is there is still time. Um I I don't think it's gonna I think it I think you'll stick with it. At least you better.
0: You know what? My goal I'm at least going to get through the I'm not going to quit on the first book. I might quit after that <laughs> depending on the reception of this. However, I'm going to at least finish the book. I'll give you that one. All
1: right. All right. Good. Um, I hope I hope you stick with it longer than the first book, but if you don't, at least you will have given me this.
0: I'm so going to make you read something, by the way, in retaliation. Like, I'm going to make you read a poli-sci book or something. That'll make you want to put your head through a wall. Not that I'm not enjoying this, but I think it'd be funny to watch you react to that.
1: Okay. I will, if... <laughs> it's It's only fair. Yeah. Well... Next time we will do chapters four through six, which is exciting. That's when you'll finally start to get some answers, at least, for some of your questions. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm looking forward to that. I've I'm gonna I'm gonna make up a list of questions and see see how many of them get answered, I feel like.
1: Ah, yes, a list of questions. That's a good idea. So we'll see you next time for chapters four through six of the lightning thing
0: and more unhinged content (laughs) and more and more unhinged content
1: here if you made it this far thanks for listening if you for some reason want more of our nonsense you can follow us on instagram or the social media formerly known as twitter at at demigoddebutpod or you can email us at demigoddebut at gmail.com and by us i do mean me julie is on social media lockdown until she reads the books we'll see you next time bye